listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. One. To win championships, you've got to have a championship organization. Brexit. What a pass to Anders. A king follow. Boy, branch fires. He converts. Rhymes again. Hello and welcome to another episode of Pod Slam Jamma presented by Apollo Media, all Houston, all original. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Andy Anes, and you can follow me on Twitter at Ayanez underscore five. And I'm your second host, Dayan Dunlap. You can follow me on Twitter at Dayan Dunlap. I'm the color commentator for all home games for the University of Houston women's basketball. Also do play-by-play for Texan Live, Vibe, and Legacy Sportsnet. But before we get started, be sure to follow our official Apollo Media account as at Apollo HOU, as well as hitting the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. We greatly appreciate it. And Dayon, today we have a special guest joining us for today's show. Kellen Hutchinson, who has spent the past couple of seasons with the University of Houston men's basketball team program, started off as a student manager, transitioned into a, a bit of a different role this past season with internal operations. So, uh, Dayon, I'll, I'll let you ask the first question to our guest. Welcome to the show, Kellen. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, welcome, Kellen. Well, I know I just gave you a brief little introduction, but just give our listeners insight exactly what you did as far as where you started to what you do now with the Houston men's basketball team. Yeah, so I started off my first year in 2018, 2019, just doing uh, basic managerial stuff, you know, wiping the court, getting water for the guys, uh, pirate and stuff like that. Uh, You know, some guys do clock and different stats. Uh, So I did that for two years. And then this past year, I moved on to internal operations. So it's just basic day-to-day stuff in the front office, you know, uh, getting gear together for the guys, you know, packing for trips. Uh, I did hustle stats in practice, uh, just whatever the guys need, whatever coach needs, um, just helping out more of the front office and day-to-day operations. That was pretty cool. Ellen, one question I have for you is like, what's the process like to become a student manager i know every now and then uh the men's team kind of advertises it kind of tells students to to come and sign up to potentially be a student manager what is that process like to to be selected as one so to uh try it as a manager you message jeff beckham um he was actually a co-senior manager with me this past year um and he's in charge of manager tryouts right now so you email jeff And he'll set up a Zoom meeting just to see what your schedule's like, you know, day to day and your availability for the rest of the summer or the school year. And then uh, just basically see if it's a good fit, you know, Um, but it's a pretty easy process. Just email Jeff. He'll figure it out. Once you And I also. No, I just had a follow up to that. Like once you get in contact with him. Do you guys have to, is there like a tryouts for student managers or is it kind of like, what, what's that process like once you to, to actually get selected? Um, when you actually get selected, um, you come in for 
we'll restart uh, practices for, I think, usually in the summer, it's like 30 minutes to 45 minutes. Like, it's pretty quick. But you'll come in for practice, you know, uh, with a towel, water, and help rebound or something like that. Um, and just to see, really just to see if it's a good fit. I don't know how to describe it, but <laughs> once you're, once you're like in our practices or something, you'll understand that. But yeah. Yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about was practice. Cause I actually um, did a feature interview with some of the trainers, I think like two years ago. And in that, I learned that even Coach Sampson holds you guys accountable and he'll make you guys run if, um, if you guys don't <laughs> get a, anything to his liking. Or so kind of elaborate on. The practice, how Coach Sampson is at practice, and I know you just mentioned you kept track of like hustle points, and yeah. culture is all about hustling, offensive rebounding. We hear stuff about the bubble drill. So, kind of talk about oh, the practice atmosphere. Well, I mean, Coach Sampson isn't just one of the best coaches in the world. He's one of the best people in this world, man. When he preaches culture, working hard, you know. Uh, family he really means that and lives and breathes that every single day and he expects that and nothing less from everyone like on the staff managers like <laughs> athletic trainers whatever it is um so practice is intense you know he expects the best out of everybody and for everybody to compete so if you're not if you're not competing like he'll get on you i think one time i was talking in practice he made me run you know <laughs> just different stuff like that He's a great guy, though, but practice is intense, and our guys work really hard, and you got to buy into the system in order to play here and in order to, you know, win and compete on the level we have. So we have a great fit with all our guys, so that's been awesome. That, that's interesting. So Kelvin Sampson makes you guys run, too. Uh, do you remember the first time he, he made you run, or did, did you know that he does that with his student manager, or did it kind of catch you off guard? Yeah, Coach made me run one time because I uh, dropped the bubble, uh, so he wasn't happy about that, so I had to run real quick. Wasn't too, you know, anything too crazy, but he expects the best out of your, our guys and making sure that everyone's focused in practice. Now, for the casual Houston fans who might not know exactly what you mean as far as the bubble, talk to us or tell our, our fans exactly what the bubble is and how important that is to practice and to the culture of the Houston men's basketball team. Yeah, the bubble is a uh, little plastic rim you hook on the top of the rim, a uh, little plastic thing you hook on the top of the rim. Um, it emphasizes offensive rebounding and uh, – just extra possessions and culturally hangs his hat on working hard and competing at that side of the floor. Um, so we do bubble drill every now and then just to make sure guys are rebounding and like hustling hard. How competitive do those do those drills get? I know uh, during the season, you know, they always mention it. I know Justin Gorham once. Oh, I forget if it was Justin Gorham or Dejan Giroux, but I remember one of them describing it as, you know, it's kind of like a war once the bubble goes on the rim and, and they're just fighting. There, there's no fouls that get called during during those drills. From your perspective, <laughs> how, how competitive do those battles get? Oh, man, those guys get after it, man. <laughs> it's a lot of fun to watch because, you know, it's a point system, so you're trying to get, Everybody tries to get uh, to three points quickest, so it's three guys against each other. 
um, trying to get first one to three. Um, so it gets really competitive because no one wants to lose because, you know, if you lose, you probably got to run. So <laughs> guys really hang their hat on competing. And this year, I think Justin, yeah, Justin took home the bubble. So he was the lead offensive rebounder in practices and uh, throughout the games. And you've been with the program, I think you said, since, since 2018, 2019. And this year, this season, I know it's different with COVID and all that. And I think we'll get more into some of the things that you guys went through with some COVID. But from a practice standpoint, at what point did you realize, okay, this year's team is different? Honestly, once we were able to get back in the gym uh, after COVID hit, I think around June of last year, something like that. Um, just everyone, everyone came back locked in. You know, we had COVID hit in March. We were literally 45 minutes away from being at the conference tournament. And, you know, that got taken away from everybody. So that kind of hit the guys hard. But they're really focused going into the offseason. You know, they worked out wherever they were and really came back focused. So once we got back first time in June last year, that's when you can tell, okay, we have a chance to do something special this year. Well, what about this team? You just mentioned once when those first practice started in, in around June, was there anything in particular that stood out about this team? You can just tell everybody bought into the culture and what coaches, have, what all our coaches have been preaching to them the last year. So really going into March Madness before it got canceled, you can tell everybody was clicking. So that just gave the guys more motivation, I guess. And as the season went on, I think Coach Sampson said everyone on the team was hit with COVID. And if I'm not mistaken, you guys have to go through tests. So just tell, talk to us about that the whole COVID protocol. I mean, how tough it was, how was it when, I mean, that whole, when everyone caught COVID, what Coach Sampson mentioned, just how was that entire process before you even get into the tournament? Um, leading up to the season, we got tested about, three times a week, uh, PCR tests, uh, straight up the nose, <laughs> pretty uncomfortable, but I guess you get used to it throughout the season. We did it so many times. And then, uh, during the season, it was 48 hours before every game. And then during the tournament, we had to do it every single day. So we got pretty used to doing the testing. And then when some guys got it, you had to sit out for uh, a little over two weeks just uh, just to make sure you're not positive anymore. You have to have three negative tests in order to come back to practice. And then from there, like Bishop or JH will just monitor, you know, uh, your health and breathing and consciousness and stuff like that. So some of the guys caught it and miss some time, you know, um, I think in December we had to reschedule some games, but everybody fought through it and, you know, the whole world had to go through it. So it was just tough, but you know, you push through it. And one follow up to that, uh, before we segue into our, our next segment, but you know, the, the student athletes, obviously they have to, they had to kind of be isolated this past season. Did, did y'all the student managers and, and everyone associated, associated with the team have to be isolated as well? Yeah, once you caught it, you had to be isolated and uh, also for contact tracing. So I never got it this year, but I did have to sit out for contact tracing, uh, I think twice 
So you uh, just isolated your house or at the lofts, they'd move you into a separate room on a separate floor and uh, just make sure, you know, you're not passing it on to anyone else. Well, guys, we have Kellen Hutchison joining us today. And coming up shortly in our next segment, we're going to talk more in detail about some of the players, his favorite moments coming up here shortly. Looking for a better way to rep H-Town? Be sure to check out ApolloHOU.com for Astros and Rockets apparel you can't find anywhere else. Use promo code LAUNCH for 10% off at checkout. Apollo HOU, all Houston, all original. And we're back on Pod Slime Jamma. You're home for all things Houston sports. My name is Andy Yanez. I'm one of the hosts here at Pod Slime Jamma. Day on before we segue, kind of mentioned how we're going to keep talking with Kellen Hutchinson, who was with internal operations for the University of Houston men's basketball team this past season. Kellen, you, you mentioned about how difficult this season was due to COVID and obviously all the, the protocols you guys had to have. Was there one in particular that kind of was harder to deal with than all the others, or was it just all overall kind of a learning curve and, and eventually you got used to it? Uh, I think we got used to it probably by November, but you know, all the testing throughout the season was probably the most tedious part about it. What was your favorite part of the season and what moment, what moment sticks out to you when you reflect on last year's season, what part sticks out to you the most? Oh man. (laughs) So many games and it was, (sighs) You know, from T Mark hitting the buzzer beater on senior day, uh, the win at SMU pretty early in the season, the win at Tech or um, in Fort Worth against Tech, um, coming back from Rutgers during the tournament, Syracuse, um, even Oregon State. That was a tough game. Um, a lot of games, man. It was it was an awesome season. But piggyback off that, you just mentioned Tremont Mark, and just looking forward to next season. I remember hearing Coach Sampson said at times he would call him Dickerson at practice, but he he would give Dejan Giroux and Quentin problems because they couldn't guard him. What is he like in practice? And just like, because for me, I, I'm very high on him. I, I caught a lot of his games in high school, and I yeah. think he's like the next big guard from Houston. That for me, I tell people all the time they ask me, I think he's going to be Houston next lottery pick. I think he's that good. What have you seen from him on a day-to-day basis at practice? Man, T-Mark works really hard. Uh, he goes at all the guys, rebounds, plays defense, you know, looks for his shot, creates for the team. Uh, yeah, T-Mark is a really hard worker. He's a great guy. He's a great player. He's work- He's probably working out right now, honestly. He's always in the gym. So, yeah, he's, he's going to be good this next season. Yeah, kind of, kind of to follow up with that, uh, which one of the players that, you know, I guess, for, that were freshmen last season that didn't necessarily get a lot of playing time, but you got to see him practice, which player do you expect to kind of have a big season for U of H next season? Uh, all our guys, man, Jabal. Jamal works really hard. He's been working on his shot and stuff like that. You know, Keyron's been working hard. Ryan's been working hard. Everybody's in the gym a lot. Uh, all our guys are gym rats, so 
I expect, uh, you know, you can expect them to work hard and continue building on the success from last season. You just mentioned Jamal Shedd, like, was one of the players that kind of stood out to you. What, what in particular about Jamal Shedd kind of is the reason, I guess, basically, what stands out about Jamal Shedd in practice? Uh, he just works hard. You know, you can tell when point guards buy into the system. Uh, so he's just trying to make all the teammates around him better and become a better player every day on and off the court. You know, Jamal's a great guy. So he's uh, just been working really hard this past year. You know, will continue to do it for the rest of his career at U of H. We always hear a lot about system and culture, and you have mentioned it. What, how would you define the system? We hear players and coaches define it, but on, on, from your perspective, how would, what would you define as the system, the culture of UH men's basketball? I'd say competing every possession, like knowing that every possession matters and everything you do really matters. So whether it's your routine or, you know, workout schedule, class schedule, <laughs> how you are like off the court, like everything matters and coach and all the staff and all the players really understand that. So, um, and that's a great family environment too. So you really buy into wanting to make yourself better and better everybody around you. Somebody who has gotten better every year, who just expanded his game even more coming back from injury was Fabian White. Expanded, now he's knocking down the three. And you've been here, you've been with Fabian pretty much, what, since 2018, since you, since you started. Yeah. A big season coming from his senior season. Just talk to us about Fabian, his um, – I know he's kind of quiet. I know he's saying he's opening up more as far as leader. But overall, how much have you seen his game grow? And what do you just expect from him coming into his senior season? No, uh, Fabe uh, works so, so hard, man. Uh, especially coming back from the injury this past year. Uh, he really bought into his rehab, listening to everything the doctors and trainers said just to make sure he was in the best uh, health possible and position possible just to help our guys. Like he's a really selfish, selfless guy. Um, and he wanted to make sure that he could be there for his teammates. So <laughs> that really says enough. And he's really looking forward to leading this team this next year uh, for his last year. Yeah, Kellen, you, you kind of just mentioned it right now, how he had to rehab through that injury and, and got back before anyone expected him to, to make that March Madness run. Uh, what was it like from your perspective watching Fabian White not only work on their rehab, but, you know, speed back so he could be, I think he returned like in mid-February. If I, I think his first game back was at Wichita State. Uh, just yeah. what was that process like? Yeah, you know, Fabe really worked really hard, you know, starting from the uh, – he had surgery in the summer and then starting in the fall, started rehab, just, you know, doing everything the doctors and the trainers said just to strengthen that knee and make sure that he was in the best uh, shape possible because he really didn't want to miss the whole season. He wanted to get back and play with uh, the senior class, you know, because everybody's really close on the team. so. He just wanted to be there for his teammates and did everything he could to put himself in the best position possible. That's pretty good insight. What about Marcus Sasser? Marcus Sasser coming into 
his junior year, up and down season last year. What do you see from him as far as his temperament? He seems much of a quiet guy at practice. What type of player is he? Is he a vocal guy, more of a – what is his temperament at practice? Oh, Mark's a great guy. Uh, <laughs> Mark's pretty funny, too. Uh, he's pretty vocal, uh, close with every close with everybody on the team. He works really hard, too, always shooting, always in the gym. Um, so him and usually – couple of the guards will go shoot at night stuff like that uh yeah mark's mark's a cool dude and he's ready to lead this team next year as well who would you say is the funniest guy on the team uh <laughs> going into this next year probably Juan. last year is deep dejan was the funniest guy on the team yeah deep's funny well what's uh <laughs> Is he like a a jokester? Or what, what's 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 funny about him? <laughs> yeah, he's a jokester. Uh, just that New Orleans accent, man. Funny guy. Love Deke. What about the coaching style, man? I know Coach um, Kellen. I think he um, works with the power fours and the big guys, if I'm not mistaken. And um, Coach Giannis works with the guards. What have you seen from the coaching staff? Like, how, how important are they? I know they're very important to the program, so I don't even want to ask that. But, like, on the inside day-to-day basis, I know Coach Sampson is, like, the general, but it's an intricate part having those assistant coaches and them doing a player development. Just talk about each coaches and, and what their um, responsibilities or just things you see from them with the team. Um, so yeah, coach Kellen works with the fours. Well, all of our, all of the coaches really want the best for the guys. They help them out, um, with, uh, after his practice shooting and stuff like that and making sure they're on top of their schoolwork every day. You know, they, they honestly really care about everybody getting better on and off the court. So coach Kellen works with the fours, uh, Coach Q with the guards, you know, and then last year was Coach Brooks with the fives. Um, so, yeah, they just make sure all the guys are on top of their work on and off the court and making sure they're getting extra shots up on their own and stuff. So we make sure put the gun out and stuff, uh, the shooting gun out and stuff at pra- uh, after practice just so they can get in and get whatever work they need to do. Well, th- this might be a weird question, but what's a shooting gun? Uh, it's a rebounding device. Um, so it's a little contraption where there's a net that goes in front of the rim. So you shoot over it and it uh, rebounds for you and shoots it back out. So you plug that in um, just pretty much under the rim and you can get up however many shots at whatever time you need it. How intense would you say Coach Kelvin Sampson is at practice? It really just depends on how the guys come in to practice. It's not going to go too crazy on the guys, but if they're not, you know, focused or working their hardest or doing the best that he sees that they can, then he's going to get on them. Coming right up, we'll continue our interview with Kellen Hutchinson, who spent the past couple of seasons with the University of Houston men's basketball program, and he'll talk more about his experiences 
during the NCAA tournament and just spending all that time in Indianapolis. Coming right up on Pod Slime Jamma. Looking for a better way to rep H-Town? Be sure to check out ApolloHOU.com for Astros and Rockets apparel you can't find anywhere else. Use promo code LAUNCH for 10% off at checkout. Apollo HOU, all Houston, all original. And we're back here on Pod Slam Jamma with Kellen Hutchison. Kellen, you always made that deep tournament run. You guys were there for, you said, a little over 24 days or something like that. How long were you guys there? Uh, I think about 24 days, something like that. It was a while. So just give us, talk to us about arriving first. When you guys got there, what did you have to do? Uh, when we first got there, unloaded, and then went straight to testing, and then put our stuff in our ballroom and went straight to our rooms. <laughs> uh, then we had to quarantine for, I think, a day and a half, did one more testing, uh, I think, in the morning, something like that. And then we're out of uh, quarantine. Then we met again in the ballroom. So what was that process like of quarantining? For How long did you guys have to quarantine the first time? I think it was... Was it, it was like two or three days, right? When you initially got there or was it the whole week? Um, I think it was a day and a half or two days. Yeah. And y'all, y'all couldn't do Like y'all had to be isolated in y'all's rooms the whole time. Yeah. Dang. So what, what was that like? Just having to, having nowhere to go. Um, well, they gave us food and then, you know, you can, people had their Xboxes and, game systems and stuff like that so yeah it was it's kind of weird but get over it after that first win um in the tournament what was the vibes like around the team oh man it was awesome uh you know everybody on the team is really close so after that first you know quarantine period when we first got there we always hung out in each other's rooms uh played games Uno, Connect Four, stuff like that. So everyone was getting uh, really close uh, with each other. So it was an awesome experience. And then to win and keep it going uh, for, you know, three weeks, it was just a great experience. Fives are awesome. You mentioned earlier how, you know, one of your best memories of this season was that Rutgers game, which was in the second round. Uh, can you take me back to, to just the emotions that the whole team felt that game? Obviously, the second half was like a, a crazy uh, roller coaster, kind of with, with just the way the game turned out to be. Oh, man, everybody just wanted to, nobody wanted to lose at that moment. You know, they wanted to really compete and do everything they could to win that game for the guy next to the moment. Just that comeback and, you know, Quinn hitting the shot, uh, T-Mark, offensive rebound, Faye pinned some shots, Marcus in some shots, getting some steals, you know. Deke playing through his injury, Justin was cooking, you know, everybody everybody was playing hard that game. Uh, Ridge, everybody. That was just an awesome game uh, to fight back and win. So, Mark... <laughs> Uh, Tremont, Mark makes that put it back. And then, you know, Marcus come on, makes those clutch free throws 
take us into the locker room like after a big win like that, a comeback victory. Man, that, that locker room was crazy. Everybody was, you know, playing music. I usually uh, play aux before practice and after games and stuff. So everybody was dancing, turning up. It was, it was lit. One one other thing that, that I wanted to touch on, you mentioned Dejan. He had to battle that that injury from the first game to the second. Uh, did did you get to see what it was? What Dejan had to do in between those rest days to to get ready to play that game against Rutgers? Just a lot of ice baths and um, a little bit of rehab with uh, JH, our trainer. Yeah, and. Oh, obviously, after you beat Rutgers, y'all ended up taking on Syracuse. Uh, what was what was leading up just having that week off after playing the the first two games and then getting another week before having to play Syracuse? What was, what was that like after you you guys had probably been there a while? Did it ever start feeling like like I guess did it ever start dragging on y'all how long you had to be in Indianapolis? Nah, honestly, it didn't because we really started uh, a bubble once we got to the conference tournament. Um, in fort worth so that whole weekend basically was a bubble then we went straight to indy indianapolis and uh you know everybody's <laughs> everybody's super close on the team so it was just like hanging out with each other every day and then we'll go to practice you know we'd eat every meal together um sometimes we're getting uh bishop will get them in the weight room um, so no, it wasn't a drag. It was just, it was fun being around everybody every day. What are the NCAA tournament weight rooms like? Where, did you guys have it in like a big hall? Or did every team have like a, a designated thing or how, how was that? It was a, it was probably a big, uh, big assembly hall, something like that. And then it had different designated tents, uh, tents for, uh, every team. So you're getting there for about an hour. Um, then we'd practice for an hour. And um, was, they'd watch film, eat together, play games and stuff like that. Just hang out. Well, you, you kind of mentioned, you know, leading up to that, there was a pause between, you know, obviously Rutgers and Syracuse. But that, that game against Syracuse in the Sweet 16, that was – obviously you guys had never – past the Sweet 16 round since like 1984. What was it leading up to that game and then kind of like what Dayon touched on after the Rutgers game? What was the celebration like once once y'all won and beat Syracuse? Well, leading up to uh, leading up to those games, you know, just watching the film, all the coaches, uh, Coach Sampson and everybody would make sure everybody's focused and uh, know what they have to do in order to win the game. So it wasn't like we expected to win. You know, everybody was prepared and focused and locked in on their opponent. So with Syracuse, you know, that was a big game. And a lot of the games we were picked against. So, uh, you know, guys take that personal. So they just went out there and gave it their all. So that's interesting what you just said, Um Obviously, with with a whole bunch of when it comes to like national media perspective and stuff, do you guys like or do the players like pay attention to that stuff? I know obviously with the being in the bubble, you guys had a lot more chance to to watch stuff. Are y'all aware of what people say? You know, before games. 
Yeah, to an extent, you notice it, um, but try not to focus on it too much. But you know, once you're once you compete at a certain level, um, you know, you, you just have a target on your back. So everybody tries to make sure that they're at their best in order to not, uh, you know, get taken down by the opponent. And then after when when you mentioned you guys kind of expected to beat Syracuse once that happened. Uh, was it a little bit kind of like, okay, this is what we expected. So it's kind of business. All right, let's, let's focus on Oregon state or what was it like once you guys did beat Syracuse? No, we did enjoy, uh, you know, of course you enjoy winning, but, uh, going and going into every game or every road trip throughout the season, especially the tournament coach made sure that everyone knows like there's a business trip. You're not here to just mess around like you're here to get a job done so it was uh everybody was focused that was awesome yeah fast forward Oregon State game that's an up and down game we ended up beating Oregon State again we're going to the final four take us into what it's like around the team and really for you Cause you're courtside. Like, what is it like sitting courtside? What are you seeing from the team? What is it like from San? Just give, just draw it out for us, cause like we're living through you right now. Um, you know, um, everybody was really excited. Uh, that was a pretty tough game. Uh, I feel like every game we played. Uh, I feel like every game we played during the tournament the other team was just coming off their best game or, you know, having their best run. So every game was pretty tough. And then to make it to the final four was amazing just to see how hard our guys fought from the past years, uh, just building up on like practicing and building it, uh, buying into the culture and stuff like that. So it was amazing. Well, did well, tell us about your uncle that played for the Five Slamma Jamma because, you know, our podcast is named after the Five Slamma Jamma. So tell us about some of the stories you may have heard, what your uncle may have said it meant to him. Tell us about that. Uh, yeah, my uncle, Lyndon Rose, played on the uh, Five Slamma Jamma team. Um, he always told me stories about, you know, they played Michael Jordan, Sam Perkins, and them at UNC, you know, just – how basketball was way back then. And he was really proud to see all the guys uh, success this past couple of years. And my cousin LJ actually played for uh, coach Sampson uh, his first year. Um, so yeah, I have a pretty, pretty big uh, uh, UH family. That's been awesome. Is that what made you want to be a part of the team? Yeah, honestly, I just wanted to, uh, first starting off being a manager just help out the team in some type of way and it's really been a, a blessing and I've been super grateful for the opportunities it's allowed me. Kind of give us some foresight on what you see coming up in the next season as um, you know Coach Sampson they don't rebuild they just reload so just talk to us about what do you foresee in the next season coming up? Oh, man, we got some great guys uh, coming in, three transfers and three freshmen. Then we have uh, a lot of our guys coming back. Um, 
I think we'll be really good next year. Um, just hoping to stay focused, work really hard, and uh, give our chance to win some games next year. You know, a bit of a you know tough question, but I, I got to ask you: once the Final Four happened and you guys lost to Baylor, what what was that kind of atmosphere like? Just you know, knowing that the season was over. Man, it was it was tough, but everybody was just reflecting on uh, the past year and just showing appreciation for what everybody meant to each other because everybody was really close and we really were like a family this last year and the past couple of years. You know, when when y'all get back to the hotel, is it, it obviously it, it, it's kind of down after you guys lost, but did did it kind of feel like you know, having to wait before getting back to Houston, did that feel like it, it took forever or did it, it kind of zoom by fast once, you know, everything kind of ended? Um, once everything kind of ended, once we got back, uh, everybody just relaxed, you know, took a shower, ate, and then, you know, we had to start packing. So it wasn't too sad back then. And then you guys come back to Houston and, you know, we have some of the Fatita Center. What's the reception like from the fans? Because it's like a really a legendary team as far as getting back to the Final Four, how many years it's been since UH got there. What was that reception like? Yeah, once we once we got back and stuff, we like, uh, came back, uh, it was an awesome reception. Just seeing all the fans and how – proud and everybody like everybody's family and stuff how proud and happy they were for us it was just it was awesome and you really felt that appreciation well Kevin uh honestly I have a a couple of more questions one this one's kind of like a, a like a interesting one but you know of all the venues that you guys played in in Indianapolis was there one in particular that um, I guess it could be like atmosphere or stuff like that that you kind of enjoyed playing more um, that Syracuse game was uh, yeah. awesome. It was at uh, Hinkle Fieldhouse, uh, Butler yeah. Stadium. Yeah. So that game was crazy because it was really more Syracuse fans than UH fans. Right. So it was pretty loud and uh, pretty intense. Yeah, I agree. I was I was actually at that game. That was the the first. Like I joined, I was covering the team once you guys got to the Sweet 16, and I agree that at Hinkle Fieldhouse, it was, it, there was a good amount of UH fans, but I feel like that was the closest atmosphere. You know, at Lucas Oil Stadium was pretty cool, but just because it's so yeah. big, you can't really uh, hear the fans like that. That game at Hinkle Fieldhouse, it, it kind of had like, I, I wouldn't say like a, well, obviously like a playoff vibe. Like it felt like that game meant a lot more, and just because it was a lot more enclosed, you could actually hear the people there. I agree with you. That was certainly uh, out of the games that I got to cover. That was the best atmosphere. Um, yeah, that was like a that was like a home game for Syracuse. Yeah. <laughs> and well, honestly, Dayon, do you do you have one more question before I I wanted to wrap up with one more question for Kellen, but I'll, I'll let you shoot real quick. Yep, I got one more question. It's like a funny question. I know you say it's a huge family atmosphere around the team, and I know you said Dayon was the funniest player last year. Who was the funniest coach? And do you have any funny Coach Sampson moments or any funny moments that you could want to share with our fans that they would be surprised to hear? 
uh, funniest coach for sure is Coach Q, Coach Kwanis. Uh, <laughs> funny guy. He like he'll tell me, "Hey, baby, go get some uh, American Deli." So you know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just everyone's pretty uh, close with each other, and it's a pretty open environment. So we'll like eat lunch together, you know. Uh, lift and stuff together just joke around um but also get a lot of stuff done throughout the day so all the coaches are pretty cool uh, real quick i know coach um kiana's got his first win as a head coach because coach sam both coach samson's were dealing with COVID. how was that how was the team receptive to him in the locker room how was that uh well everybody all the coaches respect or all the players respect all the coaches and vice versa. So everybody was just really excited to get Coach Q a win, and obviously they wanted to win the game as well. So, um, you know, it was tough to not have Coach Cal and Coach Sampson, but the uh, support staff and assistant coaches really uh, picked it up and got a great job of uh, practice and a great win to, uh, together. Well, Kellen, the the last question I have for you, honestly, it's it's about you. What's what's coming up with you? Do you plan on staying, uh, still being with the team, or what do you have planned for the future? Uh, yeah, um, I'll be with internal operations this next season, and uh, hopefully, see where it goes after that. Um, and I'll be hopefully graduating in May, so that's my last year of school. So, just wanted to say in the sports world. Hopefully, an internal operations or uh, some type of front office position. Cool, cool. What's your major? Uh, right now, it is media studies. Cool, cool. What's that been like? Yeah. Uh, it's been cool. Um, I just want to stay in the sports world somehow. So, right. just trying to get through school. <laughs> Well, man, Kellen, thank you again for, for joining us here on Potsdam Jamma. Real quickly before we kind of sign off, where can people find you on social media, on Twitter and stuff like that? Uh, on Twitter, it's 4KLUTCH. And then uh, usually on Instagram the most. So that's K-E-L-L-E-N-H-U-T-C-H-I-N-S-O-N. Well, Kellen, thank you again for joining us and taking the time out of your day to join us and do this episode on Podsign Majama. And that's going to do it for today's episode. So if you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, to be sure to follow at Apollo HOU for blogs, merch, video, podcasts, and more original Houston sports content not found anywhere else. And again, a special thank you to our guest, Kellen Hutchinson, Huge shout out to your big brother BJ Kemp. Love that guy. Yeah, thank you so much, Kevin, <laughs> awesome. for us. Thank, appreciate you, Dion. Appreciate you, Andy. For sure, for sure. Thank you, thank you again. And as always, thank you so much for our audience for listening to this podcast. And we look forward to having you back on our next episode of Pod Slam Jamma, covering your University of Houston Cougars. <laughs>